0: Quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one, ever started something one big, or failed. Quit is a call in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate student jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. This is a live call in show. You can do that by dialing 512 one four. Again, the number is 512-518-5714. We've already got a bunch of people waiting on hold, and I will get to you momentarily. If you would like to, you, uh, if you're a little shy and you want to call in but you don't want to do it live, or you can't do it live because you're picking your kids up from school or something, which is the reason, Hattie, that everybody says, you can still reach me by leaving me a voicemail at 512-222-8141. Or simply by going to 5 by 5tv slash contact and picking quit from the list, sending me an email. I will get them. I will probably read them. And I may read them on the air. I need to go back to doing a, an email an email only show. Hattie Cook is joining me here in this. Grab your mic. Joining me here in this. <laughs> you're like way off mic. You may know Hattie from shows like The Frequency. Hello. And uh, she's my account manager. She used to be my producer. She got promoted a while ago yep. to account manager. So she still does some producing work. And well, is I still some
1: list of questions.
0: She has some questions for the show today.
1: For you and for them.
0: And I wanted to talk about a few weeks ago, I guess it was two or three weeks ago. I wanted to talk about competition. And we did. We talked about it a little bit. But I wanted to talk about competition in the context of employment in the context of doing business in the United States of America and other capitalistic style countries and what drives people to compete and to win and what makes them want to be successful or think that they even could be successful. How does a small individual person or small group of people compete with an entrenched company that seems to own the industry? That's not possible, right? And yet it happens all the time. It happens every day somebody comes up with something that's better than what the big company can do and they win by doing that thing. So it's, it's a challenge, but it's something that I think happens. So I wanted to talk about that. And I wanted to also talk about it in the context of uh, this movie called there will be blood. Now that's a great movie. It's also a horrible movie. You don't need to have seen it and I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, But it's about a character, a person named uh, Daniel Plainview, who is an oil man. And this movie shows his start as an oil man all the way up to, I would, I would say it's safe to say he kind of becomes an, an oil, I don't know if tycoon is the right word, but maybe a baron of oil. And it shows how he does this, how he engineers this process, how he gets from point A to point B. And there's a great line. There's a great quote from this movie. And what he says, and here's the quote from it. Again, this is not spoiling anything. He says, I have a competition in me. I want no one else to succeed. I hate most people. He says, that part of me has gone working and not succeeding. All my failures has just left me. I just don't care, is what the person he's talking to says. And he says, uh, there are times when I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn money so that I can get away from everyone. And that's interesting because this is a very telling point of the movie. It's sort of a turning point for the movie also. And he talks about this competition and you see that this, it seems like the competition, the desire to win is what's driving him but i don't think that that's what's really driving him i think it's that second statement that he he wants to he says get away from people
2: uh
0: he says i want to earn enough money so that i can get away from everyone that's an interesting thing i don't i don't know for sure that he really wants to get away from everyone as much as he just wants to kind of control his his sphere he wants to because he certainly needs people. And that's, there's an interesting parallel for me in some ways between this movie, There Will Be Blood, and another movie that uh, we're big fans of here at 5 by 5 called The Aviator. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, it's, it's a great movie, underrated movie, about Howard Hughes. Now, Howard Hughes started out with something called uh, Hughes Tool Company, which is something that his, uh, his father had started and left to him, maybe even his grandfather. I don't know the whole story. And this, whether or not this movie is accurate, whether it really portrays all the events as exactly they happened, I doubt it. But what's interesting about the story of Howard Hughes and and these, these things that happened in the movie, essentially the big things are facts. The way that he went about succeeding in business, it was for sure unconventional. And he took lots and lots of risks, lots of risks. Uh, When, when he wanted to build uh, the H4 Hercules, what's known as a spruce goose, when he wanted to build this thing, this is after he had crashed another as a test flight and he was in the hospital and they were not going to be able to finish building this thing. And he decided to fund it personally, you know, using his own money time and time again, he did things like this when he bought TWA, this was a huge risk. And he would do things like mortgage the entire TWA company in order to raise money for some other project that he wanted to do. Huge risks. And I tend to think of myself as being risk averse. I mean, I I started this company and I started other companies with much less success. Uh, when I had absolutely no idea if they would be successful or not. And people would say that that was taking a risk, but, I felt like if I was confident in my own ability, that I would be able to make it work. I felt like if I did something that was truly great, that it would just, it would work. I had confidence in that. Hattie, this is what I'm talking about. I'm saying it's about having confidence in yourself or having confidence in something that you believe in. Do you know what, do you ever find it to be a challenge to have confidence in in something that? But, you know, that you're involved in, do you feel like what you, like in the back of your mind, you think I can't do it or something like that? Is that I
1: think people, everyone has a I mean, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I think the majority of people do find that difficult. to be a challenge, mm-hmm.
0: not believing in something, because this is what I was talking about last week.
1: There's always those little nitpicking things in the back of your mind that just, you know,
0: if you're somebody who's trying to sell something and you don't believe in what you're selling, you'll be a horrible salesman because you'll be lying. But if you go in there with a great product, a lot of, Hattie, a lot of the people who listen to this show have iPhones. They're probably even listening to the show on their iPhone on right their now.
1: iPhones, yeah.
0: And there are tons and tons of Apple and iPhone fans who listen to 5 by 5 as a whole. And if I grabbed one of them and I said, tell me what you like about the iPhone. Is it a good phone? Should I get one? I want a smartphone. They probably could spend 15 minutes telling me all the cool things that they do with their phone. And it just so happens that a lot of people who like the iPhones don't like Nokia phones. And if I said, now sell me this Nokia phone the way you just sold me the iPhone, they wouldn't be able to do it even if you gave them all the facts and all the information. And if I said, well, you have to do it. It's your job. You'd say, I don't want that job. And yet people go to work and work on something that they don't believe in or that they don't care about or that they're not interested in every single day. And they say, well, I don't have the luxury to pick and choose like you do, Dan. That's fine for Merlin. I don't have the ability to pick and choose what I want to work on. Just like me in that t- story I told in the very first episode where I was, I was too scared to have no job. So it was better for me to sit at a current job and, and do a crappy, crappy work at that job. Because I didn't have the, it, was it that I didn't have the guts to quit it? No, I just didn't want to not have a paycheck coming in. Well, they didn't appreciate that. And it certainly didn't do anything good for me. But if you're in a job that you have and you know that you're unhappy, it, it's now your new job to try and either fix that situation or get out of that situation. And this ties into the, the whole business thing in that um, that, competition and being the best at something. It's – I know people who – OK. So I, I, I referred to this. I think I was talking to Merlin about this on Back to Work. And I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, he and I mentioned this on a previous show here, but I'll mention it again because it, it it really ties into this. He's a super nice guy, mild mannered. He's Clark. He's like Clark Kent. And I was talking to him about somebody who was competing with him in the space that he's in. And he said, "I said, well, what happened? When what do you what do you think about when when somebody comes and competes with you? And this is the kind of guy that like." He, you know, he, he's a super nice guy and he says, oh, I want to destroy them. I want to destroy them. Then this is the kind of guy you wouldn't think would want to destroy anything, but he wants to destroy somebody. And sometimes I wonder, why don't I have that? Why don't I want to destroy people who are competing with me? Because I really don't. I'd rather work with people then destroy them. But what if they're competing directly with me? Like, like and, and podcasting is kind of a weird space, but what if you're a designer and you've got a proposal out? How did we had lunch with uh, with a design agency here in town a week ago? And he was telling us that he was up against 30 other agencies and he wound up being one of two that they were looking at. And he's got like an eight person company and the company that he was up against, the final one, was like a 100-person company or something. It's just one of the bigger 500, she says. Imagine that. Imagine going up eight people versus a 500-person. Now, obviously, they're not going to dedicate all 500 people to this job. And they lost the bid. And the reason that they were told that they lost the bid was because the other company was bigger and more established, and they felt more secure with that. Now, see, for me, I would have, well, come on, yeah.
1: And that they had been burned by a by a. Small oh, is that company? what that hand yeah. gesture meant? Yeah.
0: She had her wrist kind of upturned toward burned. the ceiling and was, was sort
1: stabbing of- Stabbing at it.
0: Stabbing at your wrist.
1: <laughs> burned. Branding. No, ma- you branded.
0: <laughs> no, that makes sense. And it, you know, they had been burned by a small company. And small companies are probably more likely to burn you than a big company. But they're also probably more likely to do a better job when they do the good job. Because they know it's their entire credibility and their line, their entire reputation and everything is on the line when you're a small company. So what drives me then if I'm, if I'm not, if I don't feel driven to compete, that doesn't mean I don't want to be the best. So in the way I'm competing, but I'm competing. And, I, and this is the analogy that I use. I'm competing more like a, a golfer competes because you're competing with yourself to do your best. It's not so much you're out there competing against somebody, although that's part of it. And I'm competing with all the other podcasts out there for your time. You're listening to this show instead of listening to any of the other shows that are out there right now. And you have a limited amount of time to listen to a show. You can't listen to all the shows that you might want to listen to if there's more than a few. So you have to pick. So I am competing with those. So what do, I, do I want to destroy those other shows? No. Do I want to destroy the hosts of those shows? No. No. I'm content to have you listen to them as long as you still listen to this one. But what if that happens? What if that thing says, well, I'm only going to listen to one more show. Is it going to be quit or is it going to be this other show on some other network? I want you to listen to this show, of course. But I don't feel like I need to destroy the other one to make that possible. But you go back to this line from Daniel Plainview. He wants to destroy them. Howard Hughes He wants to have the best airline. He wants to build the best planes. But he's not doing it with the intent of escaping from everybody, although that is what essentially winds up happening to him. He's doing it, I think, because he's passionate about it. I think he's doing it because he wants to be the best. I think he's doing it because he cares. That always struck me as the reason that Steve Jobs was doing things like this, is because he cared is because he thought he could be the best, he wanted to be the best. He wanted to challenge himself. He wanted to bring people who would uh who would be able to to be the best around him and encourage them. And that's what an employer's job is. Is to find the best in the people that you have working for you. But if you're a small company, you can only afford to have the very very best people. You know, there's all often this philosophy that I hear people talking about where they say, hire generalists early in your startup and hire specialists later in the startup. So when, you, when you're kicking off your new company and you're just starting things, you need people who can and are willing to do everything. You hire a developer. You don't, you don't hire a Ruby on Rails developer. You hire a, somebody who can do Rails, maybe some, uh, maybe, gosh, that'd be the worst, but it may be Python. They could do some design. They can do some CSS, HTML, who knows? And maybe they have a good business sense too. You need people like that early on. And then later as the company matures, as you're making more money, now you can get specialists. But here's the problem with that. It's a good idea. I mean, that's generally what most people do. But here's the problem with that, is that those people who are developers or the generalists, they like doing that kind of thing. And then what happens is they get shoehorned into a job that they don't really like anymore. They wind up becoming a CTO or a COO. And it sounds really cool. And hey, I have 18 direct reports now and I'm COO of whatever. Really, they're going to hate that job. There's a very different mentality and mindset to somebody who is a builder of things versus a builder of companies. You know, Howard Hughes was raised with tons and tons of money and he was so used to just having people work for him. There's a great line in the movie where he's walking through a warehouse and he says to uh, Odie, I think, he says, do, do you see them, those men over there? He says, yeah. He said, do they work for me? And he says, Howard, everybody works for you. You know, you always see these entourages of people who are working for Howard Hughes, for Daniel Plainview, all of the, they're never, they're never alone. They're always surrounded by people. And yet there's Plainview saying he's working to get away. Why are you working? Are you working to pay your bills? If you have a company, what's your end goal? I'm not talking about exit strategy for your business, but what's your end goal? I remember after I'd been running my own company for a while, I was so thrilled to just go in and do a job where I could check out at 6 p.m. at the end of the day. And I didn't have to worry about anything until 8 or 9 the next morning. And even if I did worry about it a little bit, that was all right. But it wasn't the same thing as thinking about your own company and thinking about all the things that you want to be doing. I mean that's that's – you've got to find the drive to do that from somewhere. And that's the thing that always surprised – like this guy last week, Hattie, the, uh, the guy that does the scanning thing, little cardboard thing. You put your phone on it and you put the paper and it takes a picture of the paper. That guy – you can't, you can't treat your business like a hobby or else it's always ever going to be a hobby. And maybe he's happy with that. Maybe he likes putting these things together, throwing a couple out. It's like a fun thing. He's like a hippie. I'm not picking on him. I'm just using it. I am. I'm using him as an example. If you don't have the passion about it and it doesn't occupy and consume all of your free time, then never expect it to be. And that's fine. It's fine. You want a hobby that makes you a little extra money. That's fine. You want to make a... Uh, Margot Tannenbaum style dress on Etsy and sell it on Etsy and make a handful of them every uh, few months and that's like your fun side business that's an actual business it's fine and if that's all you want to do and that's just an outlet for your creative hobby well great that's pretty cool you've got something but you have to care if you wanted to succeed, you have to allow yourself to be fully immersed in that thing, to get inspired by the stuff that you're doing, to want to do it. When I first started Hive Logic back in the old, old days of blogging, before really people were like, I'm blogging full time, way before that. Prior to that, it was the it was the outlet for me to write. That's where I was doing all of my writing. That was the way that I communicated with the world at large. And the the site was pretty popular, relatively speaking, for that time it was pretty popular. Maybe it wasn't an A list blog, but I I'd say it was like a C plus list, maybe a B minus list blog. And it was a lot of fun. And man, I would sit and write for an hour and a half before I went to work in the morning on that stupid thing. And I loved it. It was what I woke up thinking about wanting to do. Or just dorking around with the design and moving things around a little bit, changing the fonts, whatever. It was a hobby. And then it started to make a little bit of money. And I thought, oh, this is kind of neat. It could make, you know, you could make a little bit of money doing this. But I never did anything seriously. I never really seriously considered trying to do it full time. Maybe it's because I didn't have confidence in what I was doing. Maybe it's because I just didn't really think that's what I wanted to be doing. But I sure did spend a lot of time in it as a hobby. And then in the later years when I started to think that, you know, maybe I could actually start a business doing something that I love. If you're not charged up about it, I just don't understand these people who, you know, who, who think, who wonder why they're not successful. And it's, well, how much are you working on it? Well, I work on it Saturday afternoons. Really? And nobody gets a, a free ride. Not if you're trying to do something yourself. Now, if you can attach yourself to somebody else's idea, well, that's different. They're saying in the chat room that Alec Baldwin doesn't care if you listen or not to his show. That's not true. I used to say that. I used to hear people say things like that. Oh, oh I'm building it for myself. I'm doing it because I love it. I'm doing it because it's fun. Well, then don't put it out there. Don't release it. Because the minute you release it, you now have a you you now have an agreement, a contract between you and the people who are listening it to do a good job. That's a cop-out to say, oh, I'm doing it for myself. I'm not saying Alec Baldwin's copping out. I haven't heard him say that. They're saying that in the chat room. You don't release something unless you think and hope that there's an audience for it. And people say this kind of thing all the time. I I built it for myself. I solved my own problem. I scratched my own itch. That's why we made this product. No, you didn't. You knew from day one. That you were building something, and you thought, "Yeah, other people are going to what?" I just put the thing down. Relax. It's just a heavy case. <laughs> I'm not getting. I'm a little. You know, it was in my way. It was sitting on top of the computer, and I thought maybe it was making the computer hot. Gotta <laughs> keep our heating built down. And it's you know, it's one of those things where people they. They know from day one that they have a good idea. And if how can you build something and not think other people are gonna like it? When are you, how? I mean I love saying that. It. it sounds really modest. It sounds really nice. But I have never once built anything and not thought, hmm, maybe someone else would like this too. From day one. Whatever it was, a little you know, some little five-line PHP script back in the old days. Oh, maybe someone else would want this. And for me, I always think, can I make any money off of it? Why not? And the answer is usually no, and I usually would release it open source, but there's nothing wrong with making money off things and with giving things away too. You can do both. Look uh, Look at Brett Terpstra. He gives tons of stuff away and now there's stuff he charges for. How does he decide? He decides because he puts his time and energy into something enough, he says, well, I should probably get paid for that. He's got a really good litmus test for that. Have I put in a lot of time on this thing? Is it becoming a a, a project I take seriously? Do I have to support it? Maybe I should make some money for it. And good for him. I'll pay him. First sponsor today, and then we're going to do some calls. HostGator.com. It's a premier web hosting and domain name provider. If you're looking to start a website, Interior, oh yeah, Hattie, thank you I You get a song movie, to go with this Interior, Okay I drive a Hostgator mo- is a premier mo- web hosting and domain name provider See, here's the thing You want to host something And you, you don't necessarily want to use A content management system That already exists It's hosted somewhere else Maybe you have reasons for it Maybe you want full control Maybe you're a developer Maybe you're a designer Maybe you want a place to upload your files Maybe you want to write scripts Maybe you're like me and you write your own CMS. Nothing wrong with that. You're going to host this somewhere. Maybe you just want a little, uh, you know, a little place to store your files. Whatever it is, these guys have the solution for you. You can get VPSs. You can get dedicated service. You can get shared accounts. They guarantee 99.9 percent uptime, no matter what your needs are. They have great things like one-click installs. You want to run a WordPress server? You don't want to sit there and configure it yourself? No big deal. One-click install. They have unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth. They've got site builder tools, you name it. And they have 24-7 support to ensure everything is running smoothly all the time. And they have reseller plans. Get your clients set up on your own custom install, things set up the way you want it to be. They pay you. You can make money off them from hosting, and they're going to get the awesome support that comes with HostGator. So here's the deal. You want 30% off. You go to HostGator, Host. HostGator.com. You're gonna get 30% off of everything that you buy, everything that you do, and you can use the code over and over again by using the code Dan sent me seven, the number seven. Dan sent me number seven because it's the seventh month. HostGator.com. Go check these guys out; they're great. And then we have a little song to go with. So go check that out. Really great, folks. New sponsor of ours. They're here in, uh, in in Texas. Right here in Texas. Who knew? All right, caller, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Hello. Hey, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing pretty well yourself.
0: I'm doing good. So you're in, I don't see what your area code. It says call from anonymous. So you're, I respect your, your secret identity.
2: Uh, no, that that's it. Don't say what what, what, hang out. what.
0: what can I call you?
2: Uh, John.
0: John, all right. What are you? What are you calling about?
2: Uh, I'm actually calling because I quit. Mm. I'm 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 a month into doing. I'm uh, I'm going to ring
0: the bell for you, John. There you go. (laughs) So you quit. You're a month into doing your own. You're a month into doing your own thing. Is that what you started?
2: Yes. Yes. That's right. Um, Now, unfortunately, I am in the category probably of people you worry about.
0: Uh, and you know what? I, I We have a sticker for you. Or maybe we have a sticker. Somebody, listen, I'm not to interrupt you, John, but somebody sent hmm? us stickers. Where did these come from, Hattie?
1: They came from Moo.com. And one says, hello, my name is. And it it's has, got a blank. It has a blank. And it says, and Dan is worried about me. And then there's a blue one that says, hello, my name is Dan. Uh, or hello, my name is blank. blank and, and Dan is not, not worried.
0: worried about me. So there's two cards, two stickers. These are name tags. Yes. They're very yep. Fight Club uh, Cornelius inspired. Yeah. Hello, my name is Aunt Blank, and Dan is worried about me. Dan says so. The 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 red one says that I am worried, and the blue one says I'm not worried. I don't know who sent they these. Just, to they just they just
1: came in the mail. That's it. In a it blank package. It doesn't say who. There's so if no... you're the
0: person that sent this, let me thank you for these. Yes. Tell me who you are. Email me.
1: There's no note,
0: and tell me who you are because I want to start sending these out to people. Maybe people like John. So John why am, why would I be worried about you? what's happening
2: well uh, see it was basically a rock in a hard place type situation i was uh I was working at a originally was a one person company and I doubled it up to two and uh, I've been working for four and a half years and uh really financially it was just a bad situation for me personally so it was a situation where i was working i, I switched to becoming on uh going on salary and uh, that was a pretty bad move to make on my part. And after uh, several years, it just wasn't looking like a good situation, but because I was on salary and I wasn't being paid a lot, I'm, I'm not really in a great financial situation. So that's probably why I'd be worried about me. In addition to that, I also am married, have a, a one-year, one-year-old boy. So that's kind of where my situation is. Um, so how much,
0: how much are, are you making is- enough from what you're doing right now, from the freelance stuff to pay your bills or are you you getting behind every month?
2: Actually, um, since I've switched freelancing, um, it's a little bit, uh, I don't have much security, air quotes, um, and I don't have a lot of work in front of me, but thus far I've actually had enough work for right now. So I'm actually making um, a little bit more money than I was making before after you take off taxes and stuff like that. Um, But I'm working about half the number of hours so uh, you know so you're working just half kind of the number of hours
0: you' you're making the same thing about about that you 're making before and you're working half the time. Why should I worry yeah. about you then? This sounds great this is you 're living well, the dream you 're living the American that, uh, dream, working less making Volcano, more. so <laughs> yeah i could I mean I could tell that, but i didn 't want to call you out
2: no sorry sorry uh no the, the the primary thing is that it just does not have a lot of security. I don't know what I'm going to be doing on Wednesday. I'm good for Monday and Tuesday, but i got to get more pe- more work for Wednesday. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot in front of me, but I've been, maintaining, um, I've been maintaining enough for today and tomorrow pretty much for the last month.
0: So you're working 50% of the time, then spend the other 50% of the time working to drive the new business. And welcome to the rest of your life as a freelancer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I've been doing. I'm spending about 50% of my time doing work, 50% of my time looking for clients, and about 50% of my time uh, actually working on iOS apps. So hoping to have a product out there, get products out there. That way I do have uh, just kind of reoccurring uh, revenue and, and having uh, transitioning into that.
0: Yeah, I think what you have is a very unique situation because, and this is the surprise for people, I think, when they when they first start out doing the freelance thing is they're surprised or contracting or consulting, whatever you call it. They're surprised to find how much time they actually have to spend selling themselves, promoting themselves. I hate the term marketing themselves, but that's what they're doing. And I, that was a big surprise to me, especially because I had booked 100% of my time for a couple months, for like three or four months, was 100% of my time. And about halfway through it I said, "Oh yeah, what am I going to do after this project?" It's especially hard when you're <laughs> yeah. starting out there you don't have a name for yourself, you don't have client referrals, you don't know where the next thing is going to be. So the one thing that I think people yeah. often do is they say, "Well, I'm going to make up some numbers here. Let's say you need to make $100,000 a year to live." And you get a project and you say, "Well, this is a 3-month project." Okay, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make about 8,000 bucks a month from it. That kind of, you know, you, you kind of figured like that's enough, but you forget that after those three months, you got to have something else that's going to bring you that kind of money. And then, th- then there's the other situation where you say, oh man, this is a big one. We got to get this big project and I'm actually going to make that hundred grand in, in the first six months and I'll take the other six months off or I'll take other projects or I'll, you know, do half days or something. Both of those things really scare me. My goal is always to, you know, you've got to think as big as possible. You've got to think of where do you want to be in a year or three years or five years. And we go back to the designer working from his uh, or her home apartment and from the coffee shop. I know people that just love that. They just love doing the work. They're not really thinking about what, where they're going to be, but you've got a wife and a kid. So you have to when you left your job, were you thinking about this? Were you thinking to yourself, where am I, how how am I going to pay the bills in a year? Or were you more like, I've got to get out of here and and just do this?
2: Um, A little bit of both. Um, Mostly uh, it was was actually the biggest reason. uh, I actually quit on my, uh, my boy's one year birthday. On that day? Uh, when we were, my wife and I, my wife were talking about it. I was like, I think this is the best, best present I can give them. So that was actually a big part of the reason that, uh, that I did is that it just hadn't been around for the last year. And I was like, hmm, my son's a year old. Who knew? Yeah. So, uh, I
0: mean, I started yeah. five by five. I quit, I quit my C level job, which is not really a corporate stooge job at the time. I mean, it was a small company. Um, but I, I quit that job when my kid was two years old and I was a sole breadwinner and it's, the economy was sucking and it seemed like the worst possible thing in the world to do. And you know, by all yeah. by all uh, perspectives, really, it it probably was. Things just worked out well, and they worked out in part because mm-hmm. you know, I worked really, 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 really hard at making everything that I did the best it could possibly be. And I knew at the end of every day, like if this fails, it will not be because I didn't do every single possible thing that I could do to make it great and promote the hell out of it. If you go into something, well, I don't know if this is going to work or not. That's the wrong attitude to have. Of course, nobody knows if anything is going to work because there's factors we can't control. But what are the factors you can control? You can control the quality of the things that you do. You can control to a large degree, what you do with your time. And if you're putting in every single ounce of energy that you have to make something great, and to tell everybody about it in a not obnoxious way and it doesn't work out, then you can say, you know what? That thing didn't work out. Oh, that, that CMS that you made that you're trying to sell isn't selling and you've been promoting it every day in all the ways you could and you've talked to every single person you can and you've asked every single person for advice about it and you've taken their advice and done it and it's still not selling. Now it's time to try something else and you've got to have that time limit. So what's your time limit? When are you going to say, I don't, I can't do this? What's your fallback plan for your wife and your kid?
2: So uh, I've actually, that's exactly the the conversation I've been having with my wife. Uh, I've been asking her what she thinks of for a timeline. Um, We're actually in a pretty decent situation. She has a, uh, she has a receptionist position that is uh, actually working for the government. So she has a fair bit of of security in her position. We get benefits through her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, it's fairly, um, you know, that's, that's at least stable. Um, so she's, we haven't been given, that, uh, we haven't given ourselves an actual due date for, for taking off.
0: You've got to do that right um, now. You've got to do it.
2: Give yeah. your, Start giving and,
0: yourself real practical dates and timelines and hopefully doing that will scare you. Hopefully doing that will tear absolutely <laughs> terrify you. And I, I, I like the three month thing But you've got to base this on how much money you have, how much money you're making, how much money you need. But three months for something like this is usually a really good kind of a time frame if you can afford to do that where you say to yourself, within three months, I need to have two things. One, I need to be making what I made before unless – or a better thing would be I need to be making what we need to live. And two, I need to have the other three months beyond these first three months booked out that will continue to let me make what I need to make to live. So really what I'm saying is that you need a six-month plan at a minimum that will carry you. Right. So that that first, when I'm ready, when when you sign your resignation, you have three months work booked out. You know you're going to be, by the end of that three months, making what you need to pay your bills. And then during that time, before then that end of that three months, you need to have the next three months booked. And if at the end of that first three months, you haven't done that time to find a job, which is going to bring yeah, so me to Heidi's to next question. So where, what, what's your next, what's your plan now? What's your plan?
2: So where it is right now is, uh, I've, I've been doing the freelancing for a month. Uh, thus far it is actually covering all of my bills. So, uh, basically I need to make sure that I'm getting people, uh, getting stuff signed at that- going in the thing, uh, a little bit more in front of me. Um, that way I'm not kind of playing it by week by week. Right. Um, so, uh, I'm spending a good chunk of my time just contacting people and, uh, trying to follow up on needs. Um, so I'm doing that. And at the same time, I'm kind of diversifying by, by doing the, uh, iOS app thing. Um, I am a little, okay. I so yes,
0: I, I am, John, I am yep. worried
2: about you. Okay. Um, and, Cause none of this uh, sounds concrete to me.
0: None of this, John, none of this sounds concrete to me. You're doing too many things. You're doing too many different things. I believe in having multiple streams of revenue, but I believe in having one strong one. And then you build the next one. And then you build the next one. You, it feels yeah, like you're doing like, too many I, things. Pick something, man, pick something, man, pick one thing. Yeah. I,
2: well, I'm doing the, uh, the client work, uh, it's doing web primarily, uh, content management systems, Drupal, uh, Juma, uh, rails. I'm doing that type of work primarily. That's uh, the client work I have been doing and I'm doing the iOS stuff mostly on the side and I, and I want to grow the iOS stuff to be, uh, something that can sustain me going forward. I, I don't have anything in the app store right now, so it's, it's, it's purely on the side.
0: Why don't you have anything in the app store? Um,
2: um it's in review right now. Uh, so hopefully within the next couple of days it will be. Well, that's good. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'm actually basically I, – well, I do have this set up. I do have uh, a, basically a one-year plan, uh, basically trying to do one app a month uh, just to at least uh, play with different technologies and get some stuff out there. I think that's too
0: um, many apps to do. Why not do one app and make it really, really awesome and, and make it the best app that, that has ever been sold in the app store? Why do we need one a month? One a month scares the hell out of me. I'm not kidding. Um, Why most, do you need so many things going nope. on? Do one thing, John. Do one thing and make it the best. And when that thing is a success, do the second thing. You're doing web stuff. Do the web yeah. stuff. Do the web stuff and be the best, like web consultancy, and get clients that are fun to work with that with highly visible projects. And do that, yeah. or do the iOS. You know, like I feel like you're doing too many things. What are you saying, okay. Hattie? Great, get on the mic. I was, I was just kind
1: of, you know, when you were saying. Make one thing great and then move on, you know, to the next thing. That just made me think of Marco, you know. He took one thing at a time and he made one thing great and then he moved on to the next thing and then made that great and now he's on to the next thing, you know. I mean, that's, that's, that's just what that I is,
0: historically, me. yes. Yeah. Historically, that's what people, uh, people do. They make, the, the, the people who are truly successful, they do one thing and then they make it great. Now, that's why when you look at, and listen, I'm going to have to hang up on you in a second, John. But when you look at people who have been successful and, and, and you say, what are you doing? Oh, I like to do lots of different things. I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And you're like, wow, how do you manage all these things and your family all at once? What an impressive person you are. And they're like, oh, I just learned, you know, you gotta be able to relax and you get, well, yeah, but you're not talking to them at the start of their career. And if you went back and you look at the start of their career, they did one thing time and time and time and time again. They do one thing and if it doesn't work, Then say, you know what, that didn't work. Why? Okay, these five reasons why it didn't work. I'm not going to make those five mistakes on the second thing that I do. I don't want you to do an app a month. That's who does an app a month. That's. I don't want you to do because you know what, your apps are going to suck. If you're doing an app a month, they're going to suck. If you're the one guy who can do a brand new app every month and it's not going to suck, then you know what I. Tell, tell me in 12 months and show me your 12 apps that are all kicking ass. And I will tell you, I was so wrong. You're the guy. How did you do it? And you can be a guest on the show and explain it to everybody. My guess is if you're doing an app a month, the apps are not going to be great. I want you to do one great app. And then you can say, I, what I did with this app, I'm going to do with another app. And take a year to build that one. You know what I'm saying? Or what, however long it takes. You're, you're scaring me. I'm scared for you. Cause I think you're a smart guy, you're a smart guy, but like you, where's the money coming from right now? Don't jump ship on that. Where's the money coming from? How's the money getting in your account? That doesn't mean don't go go and do something new, dude, but set your base first, you know, set up your, your home base, get your, you know, get your base camp at the foot of the mountain set before you start climbing. All right, i got to let you go. I want you to call me back in a a month and tell me what you're doing. Because you can do it, but just focus, man. Focus.
3: Yeah.
0: All right?
2: All right. Thanks for the uh, advice.
0: Thanks for the call. One of these calls, I think I'm saying it right, is Zoe Zoe. Am I saying that right? I don't know where she's calling from, but she sent me an email. I have no idea who these callers are. So I'm just going to have to work my way to her. Is this you, Zoe? Uh, this is. You don't uh, sound like a woman, Mark. All right, Mark. No, I'll no, talk I'm... to you. I promised Zoe. I would take her call. She's freaking out. Uh, we can put her up ahead if you no, want. No, t- I'm taking you. Could you speak okay. more like a woman so that I feel like? No, I'm just kidding. So, what's going on, Mark? Where are you?
4: Uh, I am in a uh, rather large French French-speaking city in Canada.
0: Oh, I've been there. Yeah, I have. Yes. It was cold yeah. up there.
4: It's getting warm right what's now. What's with it's the huge.
0: Canadians? Why is it? We I have a lot of Canadian listeners. A lot of people email me from Canada and today you're the second caller and you're second Canadian.
4: Well, six months of the year, it's totally dark here and <laughs> we need something to listen to. So.
0: <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So yeah. What, what's going on with you, Mark? What are you doing?
4: Uh, well, I'm kind of in the opposite of a corporate stooge job Um so I, I moved to this new city about a year ago, um, after doing freelance for about eight months. And when I moved here, I got involved with the local user group of the tool that I used to, to build sites. And uh, I was still doing freelance. Uh, but a few months into joining the group, another guy was quitting his corporate stooge job and said that I should join his company. So it would just be the two of us. And so I said, yeah, sure. And Things were going pretty good for a little while. I was getting regular work and making a bit of money and we were working at cafes and I had lots of personal time to work on my own personal projects. Um, so the took a little while, went pretty good, but then we had some projects that went pretty bad. And at the time I sort of chalked this up to getting bad clients, uh-huh. but the more that I've thought about it in recent months, the projects were just managed really badly by my boss. Like deadlines weren't taken Wait, seriously. Wait, there's, but there's just two
0: of you. There's just two of you. There's just the two of us. Okay. Yeah.
4: yeah. So like deadlines not taken seriously, not able to plan a project out, and like his development strategy involves like a lot of caffeine and all-nighters. And I sort of feel like I've grown beyond that. Like I listened to you and Merlin like every week and, you know, I've been getting into getting things done. So I feel like I've sort of grown up over the last, over the last year. Yeah. And I feel like my boss just is not organized and doesn't know how to manage projects. And you and Merlin were talking this week about like, about bosses and, uh, Merlin brought up consistency. Yep. And like Merlin said, like when your boss says something is going to get done, it should, it should get done. And I feel like with my boss, it's like 25% of the time it'll probably get done, and 75% of the time it's like it's not getting done. So I'm pretty convinced that I need to quit. And you know, I'm writing out my new my new CV, my new resume. Mm-hmm. Um, but my boss, I, it sounds like he's trying to build a new company here, and he's talking about long-term plans and eventually hiring more people. Like I personally don't see how that's yeah, possible do you believe him? currently. He runs projects. No, I don't. I, I I think in his mind he thinks he can make a new company, but at the current way he sort of manages things, I don't see how he can do that. I don't see how he can do that.
0: There there is something I'll tell you about, and and sure. that they, and this is not a bad quality. I've seen this in uh, other people that I've worked for and worked with. I've seen in myself, and it's something I try hard to resist. And the more that I resist it, the better I generally do. And that is. There is something built into people who have a lot of ambition and maybe competition and maybe um, maybe energy that they start something and they start doing it. And if they do it for a while and they don't see good success at it, that they say, well, that's not really working. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do this other thing. And this is a risk for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons why it's a risk is this, especially if they have some success, what they find, even if they don't know it, is that they have success at the early part of the business. And guess what? The early part of the business is the easy part of the business. People think that's the hard part. People think the idea is the hard part. People think launching something is the hard part. It's not. That's the easy part of a business. The hard part is a year later, five years later keeping it going, innovating, making it good. It's really mm-hmm. easy to have a big launch with something and have something that that's, looks really awesome and have some success. Where are those people a year or two later? It's like people win the lottery and they're like, oh, $51 million. And then they're bankrupt eight years later. How can they be bankrupt eight years later? Well, it's because they don't know how to mm-hmm. handle that kind of money. People don't know how to handle getting past that starting point. And there's a lot of great reward and fuel and energy uh, that comes from starting something that's really cool. I've done this, and I've made that mistake of not knowing how to run something and not knowing how to keep something going burning out. Mm. And that's the risk is if you do have some success at it, you start thinking instead of, we have something pretty good. How can I make it better? You start shift. I'm not saying this is what your guy is doing, but it's Maybe. You start to think, well, I'll do this. This isn't really working the way I thought. So yeah, I'll do this other thing now. And then maybe you switch from doing one to the other or maybe worse, you try to do both. And you know how I feel about that. But the situation isn't – now, don't get me wrong. There's this philosophy that if you're not doing something, you know, pivot, change it, be agile, all that stuff. Maybe that's what he's doing. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. Realizing that you're on a path that doesn't work and changing it so that the path that you're on is better. He might be doing that too. So maybe that's what he's doing. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For the gym in the chat room says, I thought you guys were partners. Why Why is he your boss if you guys are partners?
3: So
4: a partner probably is, the wrong word there. He, he owns the company and I'm just sort of a freelancer and I work with him, you know, three days a week.
0: Could he run the company without you? Like if you, if you walked, said, would the company exist or would it be
1: gone?
4: Oh, well, this is going to be one of my questions is like me quitting. Is, I think is going to be a pretty big blow for him because I think he's going to have a very, very tough time finding somebody who fulfills the role that, that I fill. And it's not to say like I'm like the greatest designer or the you know the best programmer here. It's just where my intersection of the tool that we use and the level of design skill I have. But at that intersection, he's going to find it really hard to find somebody to fill that fill that intersection. So it's almost like he's sort of dependent on me in order to build the company. And if I leave. I feel that's him building a company that's going to be very,
0: very tough for him. Yeah, my question is, is he kind of building a company based on your skills and you? Because if he is, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's that's when you get to, to talk to him about actually being a partner in it, about actually owning some of it, or being more closely tied to the profit that the company is making. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, have you talked to him there, about there, any there.
0: any of this stuff have you had a sat down and had a discussion with him about this? does he know how you feel
4: I have brought up i was going to mention to you there's also been some payment issues i've had uh checks not coming in on time uh-huh. um, and i've I've mentioned that to him saying like this is serious and we need to take this and he, he sort of okay, well he's been brushing it off but fittingly today he sent an email about trying to um, fix the uh, payment problems we've been having um, I have mentioned sort of my um, the issues I've been having with his inability to sort of stay focused and stay on task and how to manage projects but the latest one that we have taken on I've probably taken on a big role in it I, I've sort of been the project manager for it rather than Yeah. sounds like you're doing everything. I kind of feel that way, Dan. All right, so here's,
0: here's what I want you to do. Listen. Yeah. You need to go to this guy and sit down with him and tell him what your concerns are because chances are, I mean, look, for all you know, he's sitting there sweating about this stuff and he'd love some help and he doesn't even realize he needs the help. And if you walk up and say, hey, man, let me be more involved. Let me help you with this. Now, maybe you don't want to do this, but I'm saying if you do, Listen, let me be a partner. Let me help you. And if, 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 if his immediate response is, no, 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 I got this. I'm fixing it. It's all, don't worry about it. Then you know, you know you're going to have to uh, to run. You're going to have to go do mm-hmm. something else. But if he's open to that kind of discussion in a, in, a, in a company where you're doing all the stuff and he's apparently just closing deals or something, you, you could be more involved in that. Maybe there's reasons why he doesn't want you to be and he can tell you. And then you can make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. But right now, any decision you make about quitting or not is going to be poorly informed and maybe you've just decided you're not happy and you just don't want to work with this guy and maybe you don't want to be partners with this guy after what you've learned from working for him. That, then that's smart. Mm-hmm. Then don't worry. Who cares what he thinks? Make sure you get paid and go find something else. Start doing something else. Who's to say that you couldn't do everything that you're doing now for yourself? Mm-hmm. You just go and do it for yourself. And then instead of working three days a week, you're working five days a week and you keep 100%.
4: Right, and I feel like when I stopped doing freelance about a year ago, uh, I was doing all right at it. But since then, I feel like my skills and my confidence uh, has improved. Um, so I could defend my designs. I can, I can, you know, ask for more money from clients. Uh, I feel like if I went on my own right now, I would be, um, I would have the ammo I would need to live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I did have uh, just like one. Question.
0: Um, yeah, then I'm gonna let you go uh, because I gotta get I gotta get the next. I'm words always always hung up.
4: Okay, do you want me to go right now? Or no, tell me your thing. I'm, for- I'm
0: just I'm paranoid. She's gone, and she's in she's okay. in real okay. trouble.
4: All right. So so my question is is because I've met him through this user group through the city and it's a very tight knit group. A, you know, him and I were on the same board. We're board members of this association, um, so we're gonna still need to see each other pretty regularly. If I quit, is there a way to do that and sort of sustain a friendly relationship with them?
0: Absolutely. Um, Yes. Absolutely. Yes. There's, but there's only one way to do it. And that is, you have to be completely honest with them. You have to go in there and sit down and, and, and even if you're quitting, even if you're quitting, you have to go to him and you have to sit down and you have to say, I'm not happy but here's why I'm not happy, and it's not personal. But the, the, these are the reasons that I'm not happy. But do that only mm-hmm. after you've really given yourself a chance to actually improve the situation, if you feel that it could be improved and if you want, it, if you want to be there when it's improved. If you paint the picture – now I'm going to let you go after this. Paint the picture of what the place would look like if you had what you wanted there. And if that's what you think that you want and what you want to be doing – then talk to him about it if it's not then tell him that say listen i i tried to imagine how i could be involved in this company in a way that i would find fulfilling and in a way that i would mm-hmm. find like it's it's a place that i want to be but it just it right now isn't it isn't and i don't i'm not walking away but i just i feel like this isn't the right place for me but i know right now how much you rely on me i'm not leaving today i'm willing to spend some time maybe it's a month Maybe it's whatever you're comfortable with. I'm willing to spend some Mm -hmm. time here to help you with the transition. When I left my first CTO job, I knew how involved, I mean, everybody's replaceable, but I knew how involved I was in the company. And I gave them like a two month notice, two months to transition out. That was Mm -hmm. more than I wound up needing. I needed more than a month though, or they needed more than a month from me. But mm-hmm. that's what you see whenever you see these big announcements from you know the big companies. Oh, such and such a person will be transitioning out by the third quarter of next year. You're like, wow, that's far off. But they have so much that they're doing, they can't just, you know, write a memo and and, and walk out the door the next Friday. Mm-hmm. So you owe it to him for, for working with you to sit down and talk to him about how you could improve it, or you owe it to him to give him plenty of time to recover from this. And don't think that he won't take it personally. And don't think that he won't be pissed off. But if you, if it comes from a place of you saying, I'm just, dude, I'm just not happy. Like this isn't what I want. Then he, he's not going to be a jerk about it. All right. Listen, I got to let you go. Thanks for the call.
4: Okay. Thanks so much, Dan. Take care of uh, yourself. Five by five has been such a good, uh, it's me so much.
0: Thanks. thanks. And, and, you know, let me know what happens in a little while. Good luck.
4: We'll leave.
0: All right. Bye. We'll leave. bye. All right. Is this Zoe, Zoe? Hello? Ah, is this you? Hi. Okay.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Am I saying your name right?
3: Um, it's Zozo, but I get Zoe Zoe all the time.
0: All right. You're in trouble. What's going on with you? You sent me a nice email. I said you going to call the show. You said, when's the show? I told you when it was. You called in. Now you've been on hold for two hours.
3: <laughs> it's okay.
0: Okay, sorry about that. Um, so tell tell us your story. I'll oh, it's no, fine. And, and we'll, we'll see if we can help you.
3: Um, I was laid off on Wednesday. Uh, total shock. Didn't see it coming at all. Um, I was a graphic designer there. So, um, yeah, so now like I'm trying to figure out what my next steps are because I'm, I'm also a visual artist. I'm a painter and an illustrator. And while I was working at my job, which I love, I was also thinking about, man, you know, I don't know if design is, is what I want to keep my main focus on. I don't, you know, I am think that I might want to do more illustration driven things, but you know, I, whenever I do a project, I always try to incorporate all kinds, you know, incorporate my skills as a designer and my skills as a painter. So uh, I'm clearly like still getting over it a little bit, but um, yeah, I just, I, it's like I have this like all this time and like this huge picture, blank picture, and I don't quite know how to make the next step.
0: Okay. So it sounds, it doesn't sound to me like you're especially worried about your financial situation. Is that true? Or are you?
3: Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm freaking out about that too, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, you know, the, the financial situation has always been like a little, um, a little rocky for me. So, uh, so I have like some, uh, small freelance gig lined up. Uh, it's very short and I, and I have, um, some prints up in my Etsy and I'm planning on like pushing out some new work to try to like sell that. Um, you know, so there's small things like that. Okay.
0: So, When you got laid off, did you get severance? Did you get any kind of, you know, any kind of money or package or anything like that?
3: Yeah, I got, um, I got two weeks of severance. Um, I, I didn't really take any vacation days. I was there for a little more than a year. So I got, um, I got my, my pay time off. So, so I think that, you know, if I play my cards right, I'm good for the next month. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So a lot, I mean, you were, you were full, you were in a full-time position, not like an hourly position, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: Yeah. Full-time salary, everything.
0: Okay. Because typically if, and this is something a lot of people don't know, like if you're like an hourly employee, um, a lot of the times like severance is less, is less common. Uh, but if you're full-time, it's, it's usually more common. So that's good. I'm glad that you, uh, at least, you know, are taken care of to some degree, and that, that will give you a cushion. Obviously, it doesn't sound like you're going to rest on that. It sounds like you're trying to do some other things. But it's just like the same, uh, the same advice that I was giving to, uh, to the caller earlier is that whatever it is that you do. see, you're in a little bit of a different situation, though. And it sounds mm-hmm. to me like you're trying to decide what it is that you actually want to do. You're a graphic designer. You're. Desi- you yeah. Are you a web designer, graphic designer? What do you do?
3: Graphic. Yeah. Um, I'm looking
0: at your website right yeah, now, more- by the way. And listen, listen. I'm going to put this. You know what? This is what happens. I'm going to put this in the show notes. You do all this <laughs> stuff on your on your site. This is all you.
3: Yeah. This is cute. Yeah. you um, Look at this. This is right up your alley. Thank you.
0: Look at that. It's very cute stuff. I'm going to put this in the show notes. <laughs> I see no reason thank why you, you yeah. couldn't work as a as a professional illustrator. This is great stuff.
1: Wow, See, this is what you. people
0: need to do when they, when they, here's the thing. You tweeted, listen to what she does. See, this is why she's not going to have a problem. Not worried about her. She has no leads on anything. <laughs> she's got some little tiny freelance gig. She has no money. I'm not worried about, the, uh, about her at all. I'll tell you why I'll tell you why, because listen to how she tweeted me. She emailed me. Then she tweeted me. And then I went to her Twitter right now and there's a link to her site. I go to her site, I look at this and uh and and I see all of this stuff. You did you do this little vinyl figure thing too? The little ghost?
3: Yeah, yeah, all of Yeah, those big one in the dark. I did all
0: of that. You got to send me some of this stuff. So this is <laughs> this is the thing. I think for you it's I'm gonna go and, and give you different advice from what I gave the other guy who's trying to figure out should he do an app every 30, 40 minutes. You should try to have, I think, multiple streams of income for yourself. Because I can tell that you're an artistic person, obviously looking at your work. I can tell that
3: you.
0: that you're creative. And I can tell that, you know, that you have Different talents, and I think, you know, maybe this is an, a sign that it's time for you to pursue the more artistic stuff instead of being a corporate stooge working in a cube. Okay, what are you saying here, Hattie? Get on, get on the mic. What are you saying? She did.
1: Oh, I was just looking, you know, at some of your clients, and you know, listen that, to who that's she's a, done this that's work a for. Great. That's a great line. Can we that read you, these on the you air? Have.
0: Can I read who you've worked for on the air?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Good magazine, Bon Appetit magazine, UPS, Tom's, Purina. I don't know how to say this. Civia cycles and Nestle. Yeah,
1: you're you're um, fine. You're fine. <laughs> you're you're fine. gonna be just fine. <laughs> You'll do just fine.
0: <laughs> I mean, pe- that you know, I understand why you're worried, but I mean, if you can, if you can do those kinds of clients. Yeah, and you you're getting this kind of work
1: that says something like, about you as a goes,
0: after you after we get off the, after we get off the this call. Go walk into the other room mm-hmm. and stand in front of the mirror and take okay. a look at yourself and think about all these amazing things you've already done. And I'm guessing you did these things like while you were working your full time job.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's, so think of um, what you could do.
3: It's crazy. What I thought you were gonna tell me is that
0: I thought you were gonna tell
3: me that I needed
0: to like pick one focus because no, you know I no you, I, your <laughs> focus your focus your focus should be your artistic stuff. People would kill to be able to do oh, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Very much so. People
1: would kill to be
0: able to do the God, if I well, could draw like this. Well, I mean,
1: and this is if this is what you were doing while you already had another job and things you were already focused on and you were doing, you know, this quality of work, then think of how much you would do if, if if it was your whole your whole job. And that's all you ever had to think about, you know, like
0: go look at yourself in the mirror and like <laughs> pat yourself on the back for doing this kind of work. You've this got is- a
1: great style, a w- great sight, And it's, you know, it's I love it.
3: Wow! Uh, thank you, thank you. I, I mean,
0: no people just- listen to me in the chat room. Go to five by five dot tv slash quit slash what is this thirty one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she. I've got a link to her site in here. This is great stuff. Like, wow, uh, how do you. people not know? Like, oh. you should be, you should be doing. No, this is this. Yes, I'm going to tell you to pick one thing. Pick this. Do this. Yeah. And and you know you've got a good site here. Every single company that you've worked for all of these folks that you've worked for call them you know monday morning and say and like you don't have to pretend like i decided to make a change in my career and i'm going to be pursuing you don't have to say that like say <laughs> i got laid off from my from my corporate stooge job as a designer and you know what I'm going to follow my passion. It was and the, the sign
1: I needed. It was the
0: sign thing. I needed. And the work that I did for you was some of the most fun work that I've ever done. Do you have anything right now that I could work on? Because I sure would love to work with you guys again and call every single one of these companies and tell them that. Don't email them if you have a good contact. If you know, oh, yeah, I worked with, uh, you know, with Sam over at this company. I'm going to call her and and, and tell her I'm available. Mm-hmm. Tell them you're available. And if every single one of them says, no, we have nothing, then you say, Do you know anybody Mm -hmm. else that could use my work? Because I sure do love doing this and I want to make it work. You know what? They're going to help you out. You know, if, if one of my friends said, Hey man, I was, you remember that, that work I did for you designing this thing or writing this thing Well, I'm on my own now, I'm independent. Do, Do you have anything for me? If I did, I'd say, yeah, you know, let's talk about it Monday. If not, then I would definitely put them in touch with somebody who did. I mean, like people don't have this kind of, I'm sorry. I'm like, this is just really good stuff. People don't have this kind of talent and they need it. Like I'm trying to think of what I can hire you to do right now. I already have an idea. I already have an idea. This, But th- this is the thing. Like people and, – and it's not just you. People who are doing software development, people who are doing oh. writing, you know, they often don't know how talented mm-hmm. they are. And I'm so glad that you did call because mm-hmm. people don't understand mm-hmm. that the stuff that they're doing – is something that if they wanted to just do it and with a little bit of marketing and a, a, a lot of hard work, they could make this thing that they love doing into something that that's going to pay them. And my guess is you'd probably didn't charge very much for this work that you did either. Did you I know. <laughs> No, charge more, charge more. And that's okay. true for everybody. Charge more. Not if you're working for me, but I mean, otherwise charge more, <laughs> you know, be, okay. be willing, be willing to not get paid. Uh, you know these these super high end figures that you hear about. You know the, the super famous people doing, but work toward that. Make that your goal, and say, all right, yes, I need some money right now. Okay, so let me ask you about the money thing. Do you have a family yeah. or a, a a significant other or somebody who you could fall back on? I see that you li- on your Twitter here. It says that you live in Los Angeles. That's not a cheap place to live. Like, what's your what's your plan yeah. if these people say yes? Nestle loved you, and we want you to come work for us. And September, we have a nice project. What do you do between now and September? Yeah,
3: um, I don't know. My plan was my plan was to um, make art and try to sell it. And one of my friends was saying that she. Could host an art auction at her at her house for for me. Um, my family uh, lives abroad; mm-hmm. um, they live in Taiwan, so they can't help too much. But um, yeah, LA is a lot more expensive from where I moved from. Um, so financially, like I, I don't know, I wasn't really prepared.
0: See, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do something that's probably going to feel a bit foreign to you. And that is you're going to need to switch into business mode because you've been in creative mode for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, creative mode is something that quite obviously uh, you're good at. But you're going to need to switch from creative mode into business mode, and you know what? This may be foreign for you, but it's a skill that you need to learn. It's a skill that everybody who wants to do something that they like has to learn. I always hear people like, "Well, I don't, Uh I'm not really good at business, you know." So I, uh," well, you know, you're gonna need to, you're gonna need to make yourself good at that. You don't need to spend tons and tons of time on that part of it. You just need to spend just enough time on it.
3: Okay. Yes. And you're gonna you're
0: going to need to call these people all the all the clients you've ever worked for, and the two things you're you're gonna tell them you're gonna tell them one thing, and you're gonna ask them two questions, and this is all you have to do. The first thing is okay. Tell them your story. What just happened? You know, I've i i got uh, i got laid off last week, and. I've decided that I'm going to pursue the thing that I love doing. And the thing that I love doing is the kind of work that I did for you guys. This is what I'm trying to to do because I love it. And it's the most fun thing. And, uh, and, and, and hopefully you guys were happy with the work I did. Were you happy with it? And do you have anything else for me? That's question number one. Question number two, even if they Uh say yes, even if they say, yes, we do come on into the office on Tuesday. You can say, great. And by the way, I'm trying to fill all my time do you know anybody else who might like the kind of style and work that that uh, that I did those are the only two things that you need to ask them and there's no way the answer okay. w- the answer will be yes to one of those two questions and what you will be doing okay. is you'll be expanding your list of potential clients you'll be able to show them what you do and when you go in there and show them your stuff you you, you can you can show them this work and they're going to want to hire you so this you have something that nobody else has is that you've done really great creative stuff and you're talented. Like that you have some work that you can show you're in such a good situation.
3: (laughs) Thank you. How can
0: you not see that?
3: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was just worried about having a full time, about not having a full time job. And, um, your, your advice about the email, like, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about, um, contacting the people that I had worked with before. And I don't know, like, I don't know if it's okay to tell people like, Hey, I need work. I don't have a job right now. As long as you know, don't make it, as
0: long as you don't make it like boohoo, poor me, you've got to help me out. And, right, and, yeah. and if you make it like, this inspired me to go kick some ass and I want to go do this like nobody's going to, you know, if you're like, I I got laid off and I really need something like then like get out of my office, you know, get out of here. But if you're like, yeah, you're like, what? you know, this is a chance for me to try this. And I, I don't know if it's going to work, but I sure do love doing it. And I want to start with you because I had such a great experience before. Like that's flattering to them. And if they see an opportunity and, and, you know, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, oh, good, I'm going to get her cheap. And you know what? Like (laughs) maybe do the work a little cheaper than you might want to in a year after you have an established roster. But don't sell yourself short either. Mm -hmm. So. uh, OK. So here's the here's the serious question, though. How how long can you survive if you don't have any work coming? in? How long could you do it? Could is this a month? Is it six months? What do you think before you're going to be in like real trouble?
3: Um. Okay. I think that I can, with what I have now and what if, with what I know is coming in, I think I can uh, really stretch it to maybe two or three months. Um, and then, you know, if I sell artwork or whatever, that will obviously help too. I mean, fortunately, like my student loans and my, my other debt aren't super high. Um, and even though rent is high, like it's really, you know, my rent is really the only big uh, big thing I have to worry about. So, so I think, I think um, optimistically, like three, three, four months.
0: Okay. I mean, three. I'm I was really hoping, I was really hoping you would say three months. I, I like the three month time period. I mean, I, I think that you can, in this first, obviously selling your art and stuff like that's good. I have no idea how that stuff works. I know nothing about selling art or if it if you can make money doing that or if it's enough yeah. to carry I have no idea. I mean definitely try doing that.
1: It's much easier now than it used to be. Because of Etsy
0: <laughs> and, and, and Because of
1: Etsy, because <laughs> of all sorts of shipping things, like Shopify like everything is much easier now. It's still difficult, but it's much easier than okay. it used to so be. So do, do that.
0: Do <laughs> that. Definitely then do that. But
1: Okay. Yeah. After yeah, you get to the first,
3: the
0: so the, so for the first month,
3: okay. See,
0: it even tells me how to pronounce your name on your site, but I didn't go to your site until just now. <laughs> so you, you give yourself a month, you know, give yourself 30 days, maybe a little bit more to get things lined up. And if after okay. about, after about a month from now, okay. so I'm talking about uh second week of August, if by the second week of August okay. and you've been, you know, you've been working really hard, second week of August, if you don't have stuff lined up, mm-hmm. then you better start applying for jobs. That okay. doesn't mean give up on this, but it means give this a chance. Burn up right. th- okay. burn up a third of what you have saved up. And when you hit that point or you hit you hit 30 days and you're like, okay. Because realistically, you could probably not have that hard of a time finding a job, uh, but it might it might take a month or two. That way you're leaving yourself enough time. If after 30 days you don't have anything cool lined up and you don't think you have enough to pay your bills for the next few months, then just then just call me back and uh, find a job. But I think you're going to – I'm not worried. I'm just not worried. I feel like you're – this is a no-brainer. You're going to be in lots of magazines and, and doing covers of books and stuff. Like I don't – I have no doubt. And I think you can make a career out of it.
3: Oh, thank you. Um, it, thank you. I that means mean, a lot. Um, cause I, I love your shows and so this really, um, this is really, really helpful for me.
0: Yeah. All right. So listen, thanks very much for the call. I'm glad you listened to me and called in.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for returning my email and, and talking to me, you
0: got to call back, uh, and in, in a month and tell me what's going on. Like, I've got to know. Plus, I'll be talking to you anyway because I'm gonna hire you for <laughs> something. You already, I'll, i am gonna get you while you're cheap.
1: Okay,
0: all right, thanks for the call. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, Thank bye. You. bye.
0: Two hours, she was on hold.
1: <sighs> she need, she had to wait, though. She, she needed your help.
0: Chat room's gone nuts with her. All right. So who, wait, who, what are they talking about in the chat room? Huh?
1: Huh? What?
0: A.O. Mind. The call didn't drop, dude. Call back. I'm not, I'm not stopping the show. Joel Bush is not here. So I don't have to stop.
1: We have no need to stop.
0: All right. This is, I think, one of the uh, jackals from the chat room that's called in. Hello? Hey,
4: Dan. How are you?
0: Are you in, from the chat room? This is,
4: uh, this is Jim. Yeah, it's Jim, hey, Jim from the, from the, right. Jim from the uh, chat room.
0: What's going on with you?
4: Uh, <laughs> so I've been uh, at my current workplace for about 13 years, kind of moved my way up in the company, and kind of landed into a role of um, a developer. Even though my title doesn't suggest developer, um, I do a lot of development stuff. I could develop uh, uh a gamification system for customer service people. Uh, it's gone really well. Did a bunch of flash development and just kind of self-taught myself like web, uh, HTML, JavaScript, right? Uh, a lot of front-end stuff. And so I put my resume out there and got a call from a recruiter and went for an interview at a, a university out here in Los Angeles. Okay.
0: Oh, you're in and LA it too. Looks like they are going to
4: make yeah, in LA. And so it looks like they're going to make an offer, but uh, the problem is the recruiter, uh, like in passing, I was talking to her on the phone and gave her my low end. And so she gave my low end as what I was expecting Mm -hmm. to the new employer. Right. So I'm just worried that they think that, you know, if it's, you know, this low end offer, I I don't think I'm going to take it. Right. I don't know. I, I just, and like, I keep going back to her saying, you know, I don't know why you did that. And she said that, she tried to say, well, it's not about the money in your career, it's about opportunity to grow, which, you know, I understand it's a good position. It's a good opportunity for me uh, to learn from a smaller team. Uh, some people are more uh, technical because right now it's just me uh, at my company and I work at home. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, isolated a little a bit?
4: Big... What's that? Are yeah,
0: you, do I you isolated. feel a little That's isolated? Like... Yeah,
4: for, for sure, yeah. So it's kind of frustrating since I can't really turn to somebody and, you know, ask questions and get information from them. But uh, not really sure what to do at this point, I guess, because now my my current employer, they're counter-offering. They're working to try to get some more money to to make me stay.
0: So is this this low offer? Is the low offer... Enough for you to pay your bills?
4: Yeah, it's enough for me to pay my bills.
0: Do you feel like that? I mean, I know this is a joke, but do you feel like there's some stability and job security in the new company? Uh, yeah,
4: in the new company, definitely.
0: Um, um, because here's the thing: there's sometimes there's more value uh, than than just money from a company. It's like you're saying, being part of a team and working with other folks, especially when you're in learning mode, I feel like there's different modes that you can be in throughout your career and throughout even a given job. And there's that – there's a place you get to when you, you – I mean you should always be learning. But there's that place that you get to where you know your stuff. And when you know your stuff, you kind of just want people to leave you alone and let you do the good stuff that you know how to do. Get out of my way leave me alone and I'm going to build something really, really good. If you just like, don't bother me for a while, there's that mode, but then there's also learning mode. And I suggest that you should be in, in, in both. But if you're stuck at home working alone and you don't, you don't have people to bounce those ideas off of or ask questions to, or you're isolated. And I can find that especially like I know people who work from home and they're, they're really early in their career and they work from home. They might be good at the things that they do, but they're missing out on on the, those those challenges and the interaction of working with other people. And if they can't—I'm not saying you're in this situation—but if you can't go out there and also be able to go to the local u- meetups and the local user groups and all of these different things, if you don't have that outlet and you don't have a place to go a couple times a week to have lunch with your friends and talk to them and learn from them and ask them questions, you don't have a list of you know. Of, of friends in your instant message who you can communicate with and ask questions of you're, you're going to start feeling isolated. So being able to step out of that, and it sounds like the other job you're talking about, would would you, you'd be in there working with folks, right?
4: Yeah, I would be working with folks and, and the benefits are like really good. So they're trying to tell me that the benefits are excellent, but I don't know, like if I, I, you know, once they make the offer, do I counter Cause I mean, I've been at my current job for you know, a pretty long time, like over 10 years. So, so this, you
0: know, negotiating and stuff like that is just kind of new to me, so. I mean, negotiation. There's, that's a whole show. How do you make a, take a letter. Okay. I'll take, do a whole I'm show on negotiation. Because that's something that, uh, that, that we could do a whole show on. Not just salary yeah. negotiations, but just general negotiations. I think that, sure. you know, you're in a situation now where you could go to these people? Have you responded to them? When did they give you the offer?
4: Uh, well, they haven't offered it yet. They're working on the offer. So I had the CTO email me just said, hey, you know, we're looking forward to you know, uh, bringing you on. We're working on it. the offer since it's a nonprofit. has to go through like this whole HR chain with paperwork and mm-hmm. the whole, whole deal. So uh, they just wanted to rest assured that, hey, we're still working on it. Just give us a little bit more time. So I think uh, I think I'm going to hear here on Monday, but they're definitely working on. So like an they
0: offer. they said, and I'll, I'm I'm just going to stick with a hundred thousand bucks from now on for every example I use. They sure. could, you were hoping to get a hundred and forty grand, and they said, yeah. "Well, we can offer you eighty to a hundred grand." And you were hoping for like one forty, and and the lowest you could take was a hundred, and that was the highest they offered, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that first of all, that doesn't mean that that's the cap for the job. That might be the cap for the (laughs) starting salary. And when you go in there and you're awesome, you know, for three months or, or whatever that you couldn't get a bump, that's typical
4: Yeah.
0: going into a place. And, and, and honestly, there's different ways that you can counter this. One of them is wait for the offer to come in on paper. And let's say it's the hundred grand, which is the lowest you'd accept. You can, you can reply and say, well, I sure would love to come and work here, but I, I, I really would like to make more money than that, obviously. And that's kind of the lowest amount that I could take is, uh, you know, is there any more room in your budget? I'm, I'm really looking for more. Don't play it like (laughs) I won't come and work for you. And what, you know, just, just say, look, I began, honest, like, I I really wanted to make more than that is can, can you guys offer me any more? Can you do any better? If they're smart, yeah. if there is budget, then they'll say, yes, we can do better. Here's 110 okay. or 115. Would you come for that? Or they might say to you, well, what were you looking for? In which case you can say, I'd, I'd really like to make X. Mm-hmm. And the tricky part about that is you don't want to come across like a jerk. You don't want to seem like you're motivated just by money. Yeah. They may also come back yeah, to you exactly. and say, you know, you know what? Like, Jim, this is the best that we can do right now. And if you want the job, you can say, all right, this is less than I was hoping you would offer me. But could we say that at 90 days that that we can reevaluate things? And if I've done an amazing job at 90 days and proved my worth, that maybe I could uh, work toward a salary bump. And, you you know, people would say, oh, don't ask that up front. No, ask that up front. Let them know that okay. you're you're coming in not, you know, very happy to get the job but hoping that you could make more. I did this. In yeah. one of my uh, early first jobs out of... I actually think this was my first job out of school. Yeah. And uh, so this is uh, 1994. And the... I wanted to make... Tw- I don't know why I thought I should make $25,000 a year in 1994 in my first job out of school. But I felt like that was the number that I should be... That, that's what I should be making. That seems reasonable. So... Uh, I was hoping to get an, and they offered me, uh, 21,500 a year. And I thought, wow, that's God, that's a lot less. And to, it was so, I would never made that kind of money before anyway. So the difference for me yeah. between 21, five and 25, like I didn't really understand that kind of money anyway. It was so much more than I made, you know, making like four bucks an hour at the, you know, at the school job. Uh, or delivering pizza or whatever. It was still so much more. I was like, okay. But I said, after 90 days, can, can I have a review? And if I'm doing a good job, could I get a raise? And and the, the guy said, yes. And I'll tell you what, we will pay you $24,000 if you're still here after 90 days and you've proven your worth. And uh, I was there after 90 days. And on the 90th, day. I went into the, he, he wasn't just my boss. He was like the VP of the company, but it was a very small company. And I went in there yeah. and I said, can we have a meeting? He said, sure. Come on in, shut the door. I came in, I sat down. He said, what can I do for you? I said, it's been 90 days. And he said, okay. I said, you told me when I got hired 90 days ago, that if I was still here at 90 days and I'd done a good job, that you would give me a raise to $24,000. Have I done a good job? And he says, yes, you have. You can have the raise. I'll go back to work. That was the entire meeting. And I left his office and they gave me the raise and it was fine. This is a long time ago. uh, But, you know, if you can prove your value and I went above and dude, I, I earned that 24 K I'll tell you what. And I was completely within my rights, I think, and, and, and well deserving of that. And I probably could have pushed for more and I would have got it. But that was the agreement that we had. And I don't think it's unreasonable for you to go in and say, listen, this is, this is, I want this job. I'm ready to come here and do a great job. This is less than I was hoping for. This is less than I was hoping for. Let me be honest with you guys. And I do need to make more than this, but take a chance on me and I'll take a chance on you guys. And let's talk about it in 90 days and say it just like that. Be straight up with these people. They don't, you know? Yeah,
4: I think that's a good idea because definitely, you know, if it's, you know, if I can beat in the middle ground and then say, okay, well, you know, even if it's less than what I was hoping for, I could always uh, go back with uh, that 90-day agreement. that's a really good idea.
2: You
0: totally could. And I mean, you know what? They may say, no, we're not going to promise anything to you for 90 yeah. days. This is the salary, and this is what we can afford to pay, and I don't want to give you a, and then you just got to make the choice. Do you want the job or not? But you see, you're in a good yeah. position because you've got a job now, right? You can just stay.
4: Yeah, correct. You yeah. yeah. can just stay and wait stay. for something better and, and, to come around. Yeah, and they're trying to get more money, shake more money out of the tree, as they would say. Right. Uh, to, to make it interesting for me to make this decision. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been a whole interesting experience dealing with recruiters and never really dealt them before. So it's been a whole process.
0: The recruiters are, man, nah, that's all whole other show. show. Listen, Jim, yeah. <laughs> Jim, thanks very much for your call.
4: I yeah, appreciate I think, it. I really appreciate this the second time I've ever listened. So I'm, See, I'm you look listen up, so, you and look at that. Second time you listened, and uh, you're already
0: getting yeah. my my crappy advice.
4: Well, I hope it works <laughs>
0: out for you. Call me back uh, you know, in a while and let me know what happened to you, all right? And just remind me who you yeah,
4: are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, all right, Thanks,
0: Dan. Take care of yourself. Bye. Good luck. Thanks. So I didn't tell him if I thought he was going to be all right. I'm not worried about him at all. Why? Because he has a job. And he doesn't sound too miserable in his job, I and mean, he has a job, so not worried about him see we're 100 minutes now how do we get a stop you're nodding you've been off Michael. what have you been doing over there
1: oh my gosh working like Hopefully a crazy you've been person. sending out
0: invoices that's all i want to hear
1: that actually is what i was okay. doing
0: then i'm happy you can be as quiet as you want
1: look and there's some here
0: oh nice
1: and there's more in there
0: i like when the checks come in they
1: just litter the room because sometimes a long just,
0: time goes by would and you no, like to
1: make it rain with n- these checks
0: what does that mean? Make it rain.
1: You make it. You make it rain. No, I don't know. You what go that. like this, and you go like that, and you just you usually have ones, and you go like that. And really? like a stack of ones. You don't know making it rain.
0: Not in that. Term. Oh my gosh! I was thinking you meant something different.
1: Nope. Well, I'll compile a video.
0: Yeah, get a video together. Uh, I think with only the two checks, it's not. It's not very, quite yeah. what. But if I had like a you know a tall stack of ones, or or hundreds which is what I would do. Yeah. So if you would like to be a part of a future show, the way to do that is to go to 5x5.tv slash contact and send me an email just like... She said Zozo is the way I'm supposed to...
1: Zozo, yeah.
0: Zozo's Pedals. That's what we should call the show, Zozo's Pedals. You don't get the reference. Nope. You can do that by call, you can do that by going to 5 by 5tv slash contact, picking quit from the list, and sending me an email, just like Zozo. I I read the emails. Or you can leave me a voicemail, 512-222-8141. I should probably pre-announce the Atlanta thing. What do you think? Since we're doing that, I mean, we got tickets. Sure. Uh, We're going to have a meetup in Atlanta the next time that we're going to be out there. Which is uh, about a month or so from now. So if you're in Atlanta and you're going to be in Atlanta toward the end of August, we're going to have a big meetup out there. We're going to visit our friends over at MailChimp. We're going to be recording some live shows over at MailChimp, including Quit. But I think, see, the way they are, it'll just, the studio audience will just be MailChimp folks. Yeah. Like people, I won't allow the public into that. I'm very leery of the public.
1: Leery. That's a good word.
0: I'm leery of the public.
1: Making
0: it the future. All right, so that is the best way to do it. Send an email, leave a voicemail. Of course, the show does air live at 2 p.m. Eastern time every Friday. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much to the sponsor of this show, HostGator.com. Don't forget, coupon code, what did you say it was, Hattie? Dan, Dan sent, sent me, me seven. seven. Get 30% off. And you can go register your domain names at hover.com slash Benjamin. Or Dan Benjamin.
1: <laughs> just I've just lost it now. Just use my name. Just go, just go to Hover Register and type in Dan name. Benjamin somewhere and then you'll get.
0: Or, or Dan sent me would also work. <laughs> Hover.com slash Dan sent me or just use the code Dan sent me and you're going to get 10% off. Perfect combo, I would say. Register your domain name at Hover and get 10% off and then go host your stuff at HostGator and get 30% off. Dan sent me. And Dan sent me seven of the codes. All the notes, which is really just a link to Zozo's page, I think right I have now. have some other stuff in there. Okay, good.
1: Uh, there, where you can watch. <laughs> there will be blood. Ah. On Amazon Instant and the IMDb, if you want to know who else is in. It.
0: And can you put a link to that movie on Amazon so that we get some referral money? If That's people what I want did. To, I
1: did Amazon Instant but
0: for the DVD also. Oh, I'll do that one too. And the Blu-ray.
1: Both separate and or iTunes. together?
0: All separate. Okay. Because iTunes. we get we get referral money. I could make like I could stand to make ten or fifteen dollars if every single one of my listeners buys it with my link. I'll make <laughs> I'll make like lunch money. Five by five dot TV slash quit slash thirty one is where you go to get that and pay me some lunch money. You can also sign up for the newsletter, which is another way to give me lunch money. Cost three bucks a month to get these amazing quit newsletters, which really are gonna start going out probably next week.
1: Soup soup soup. Finally,
0: soon. we finally get a plan together. To get these things out, I got a little design happening. It's going to be amazing. Newsletter is going to change your life. I promise. Because technically, if you get a, any email, that changes your life because you read it and your life is different after reading. <laughs> it's a fact. I know. So it will change your life. So thanks, everybody who tuned in today live. I really, really appreciate that. You go do that by going to 5 x slash live, 2 p.m. Friday. Uh, have a great week. See you next week.